In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and I'm so, so excited that you're here with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help other people who are struggling and going through dark times. As we navigate through our lives, we have countless events that we attend and and countless conversations with, with many people. Now, before the fact, before those events or conversations, we revere some of them as significant for whatever reason. It may be a special event or an occasion or conversation. Others may be regarded just as the usual trip to the store for eggs or the usual Tuesday coffee with a friend. Then it hits you. Something major in that event or conversation that transcends the moment into a time of revelation, of poignance, pivotal and life-defining. What makes these moments extraordinary is not only the discovered revelation or epiphany, but equally the otherwise ordinary time that it happened. My special guest is very familiar with this. He's an author, spiritual teacher, serial entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of the company Simplero. Wait till you hear his journey of hard looks, hard decisions, rebuilding, and more. In the truest sense of the road's rediscovery, he's applied all his learnings of blood, sweat, bumps, and tears to help others in their life's work. We're so excited to learn more about him and how he helps others. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Calvin Corelli to the show. Hey, Calvin, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing phenomenal. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate oh, it, man. No, absolutely. We reciprocate, man. It's our pleasure having you on. I'm really excited. I just want to dive into this. So let's start by sharing with the listeners uh, just where you're from and, and what was life for Calvin growing up? Uh, well, Calvin was actually Lars growing up. So I grew up in Denmark. Um, Lars was the name my parents gave me. And um, it was, I mean, I had a good, I had a quote unquote good childhood. Like we had, we had means. My parents were, were entrepreneurs, business owners, and they were, they were, we were well off. We were doing fine. Uh, but I wasn't good inside. I didn't feel like I fit in and, and I mean, basically my life up till 40 was a long struggle. I felt like a complete failure. I was, I had, you know, depression. I kind of wanted to, I, I, I wanted to jump out of a, off of a balcony and not so really, I knew I wasn't going to do it, but it was that kind of feeling of pain and mm. just felt like such a loser, just such a complete failure. It was like, I shouldn't breathe the air here because other people that are more deserving should have a, this air oh to breathe. They shouldn't take up space here because other people deserve that space, right? That was what it was like inside of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, um, as I mentioned on the intro about life defining moments and everything, and, and, I, and I know there was, there was one or several for you. We'll, we'll dig into that in a, in a moment. But um, let me ask you about your mindset before that first defining moment, right? Um, growing up, the, the mindset that you just mentioned, you know, feeling like a loser, not worthy of the air that you were breathing, uh, uh, 
was there a shift or change at any point through adolescence or young adulthood uh, in, in that mindset? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, to, to frame what was Calvin's mindset or Lars mindset uh, uh, prior to that first defining moment or event in your life? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, I had this notion that in order to prove myself, I had to be sort of Bill Gates level mm. wealthy, right? That was when Bill Gates was the richest man in the world, right? Yes, but that was yes. sort of the level of wealth that I had to acquire. And I had this arbitrary deadline of like by the age of 30 in my mind. It wasn't like a conscious kind of thing, okay. but it was sort of, it was like right there. Right. But that was the goal. And I was like, if I didn't achieve that, then I might as well go kill myself. Right. And so it was like anything to be like, what do I need to be to success, be successful? Like anything to like get me to that point. Right. And right. it was, it was interesting. Cause like I, I recognized later that I had this rule unconscious rule again, that said, I can't allow any love into my heart. Because if I allowed myself to feel loved, I would stop striving. I see. And then if I stopped striving, I wouldn't succeed and then I wouldn't become lovable. It's like one of those things where it doesn't compute, but, but, that, but it sounds that like a vicious feeling. cycle kind of. Oh, completely, right? Yeah, like there's yeah. no win in that situation. No, you have to yeah. be un you have to, yeah, no, it's yeah. Um oh. But it was, God, man, it was stressful, like really tense, really tight. Like, you know, and I, I found relief through drinking. Like I wasn't day drinking or anything like that, right? But like three, four nights a week, a couple mm -hmm. glasses of red wine. And then when I had that wine, I would feel like, okay, now I'm like, I'm, I'm like, um, fine, right? I'm right, like, I'm, right. and I could sort of start up, sort of play pretend in my mind that, yeah, yeah. I was like, really successful almost there and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah um, i follow it didn't it didn't work <laughs> wow wow so it sounded like a lot of that was i don't know is if self-inflicted oh completely self-imposed completely uh, with with yeah. the guidelines and the timeline you gave yourself and and, and just the amount of pressure and demands mm -hmm. yeah yeah like just a complete prison that I'd constructed for myself in my own mind, right? Unwittingly and un, it wasn't intentional, but that was what I was, I had done. So now you're, you're in pursuit of, of being an entrepreneur, of, 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 of owning a business, right? And, and, and you actually achieve it uh, in many ways. And so now let's fast forward to the time of your first first life-defining moment where there's some self-discovery that starts to happen, right? right. Uh, can you paint a picture for us of, of, of how that all, how that all developed? Yeah. So I had, I started a company. I, I actually, so I grew up in Copenhagen and moved to New York city in 99 and actually moved out of the city right before 9-11 oh. and ended up back, moved to San Francisco, then ended up back, back in Copenhagen and started back in Copenhagen and started a, a company and it was fairly successful in the first year or two. And then um, even won like a startup of the year award in Copenhagen. Okay. And so I'd invited yeah. then some, some people to an advisory board meeting. We were five people sitting around at my dining table in my living room okay. and strategizing there. Right. And then mm -hmm. 
as we were done, I go to the kitchen and grab a couple of beers and then like, you know, we kick back and we, we just chat for a bit. Mm-hmm. And right that moment, one of the guys that are there, Thomas, uh, we're still friends. He, he looked at me, he was like, Lars, because my name was still Lars at the time. He's like, mm-hmm. we've been here for three hours and I still don't know what you want. Hmm. And he was like, wait, what? What, like, what do you mean? I just want to be successful. I just want to be like, you know, I want to have a massively successful company, a huge right. company. Like, that's what I want. What are you talking about? Yeah. But there's that part of me that was like, huh, I didn't realize that you were allowed to want anything in business. Like, am I allowed to bring my feelings here? Mm. I didn't, I, is that a thing? I didn't realize that. Huh. And then I realized, I don't know what the hell I want. Mm-hmm. Other than just like be successful so that I can feel okay to exist, right? right. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted. And so that really led me on that path of discovery, of self-discovery, of rediscovering myself, which right. eventually led to me rediscovering that as a kid, I'd been a very spiritually attuned child. I was very drawn to these sort of like more philosophical, like deeper um, ways of being. And I had the sense as a kid that I could feel, sense what was going on inside of people. Right, right. But then I shut that down for, for, you know, my adolescent and most of my adult life Mm -hmm. um, because I got scared of it. And I was like, um, I can't trust that stuff. Um, It was basically, I'd associated that with my mom and sort of business with my dad and and what i saw was that whenever my dad would lose his temper which happened often my mom would 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 crumble and Mm. she wouldn't protect me right Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like that unconscious message like yeah all that stuff is fine but when push comes to shove it doesn't do anything for you Right. right right that was the message that got in and so this became sort of the path to rediscovering all these things. It was like a, a you know, a journey, right? It wasn't like right. from one day to the other. And I resisted a lot. And then finally I was like, no, actually, yeah, this is a part of me. That sort of spirituality, if you will, for lack of a better word, is is a part of who I am. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And 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 you know, that kind of trickles into my next question. So uh I'm gonna ask you anyway. And if there's anything more you want to elaborate on, on top of what you just said, please feel free. But uh, this kind of speaks to what I wanted to ask you next. You know, I mean, uh, what you just explained, Calvin, that you had to do and you first resisted and said no, and then you said yes. I mean, that's coming to a realization, right, about yourself that I'm sure was a huge, huge exercise in humility, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in parts of what you said and parts of what I've read about you, you know, you, you've mentioned that there's this intuitive part deep inside, right? This in- intuitive part of you. And there's a doorway inside of you that you had to walk through. And, and, and so I'm thinking this at the time for you had to be pretty scary and daunting, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe the, the, the fear uh, and, and, and why you felt the fear, uh, uh, you know, when you were resisting before you decided to go through that door? Yeah. I, I, so I had an experience that happened earlier 
mm-hmm. which um, so, you know, I was very, you know, shut down emotionally kind of living from my neck up right in my head. Mm, gotcha. And yeah. it wasn't like there weren't feelings inside. I just wasn't really in touch with them. And then every once in a while I'd like burst out in some like tantrum, right? right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And and a model that I had learned from certain certain parents, um, but, <laughs> but it was how that works, right? Yeah. But we, I had in in um, uh, so like five years before the event I talked about before, I had just met um, this woman who were to become my wife and mother of my kids, and mm. we later end up ended up divorcing for this very reason, actually. Mm. Um, but at this point, we just met, fall in love, uh, traveled to Mexico. And there was this moment where we were lying together in a hammock somewhere in Mexico. And she was, we were holding each other. And for the first time in my life, I felt safe enough mm-hmm. to, to open up a little bit to the insides. I had this feeling that whatever was inside of me was so dark and so disgusting mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. scary and so terrible that if anyone ever saw it, they would immediately mm-hmm. reject me. Right. And that was yeah, be like, yeah. um, and I might, it might kill me to just look at it, honestly. But in this moment, I found the courage to just, just touch it ever so slightly. Okay. Okay. And share it with this woman mm. a little bit. And it was a, it was a beautiful moment for me. It was like, Whoa, I can start to open up a little bit. And then what happened was mm-hmm. we ended up, um, we traveled for a month and then she went back to Denmark. One of my friends came over and traveled with him for a month, came back home and she had um, a message for me when I came back, which was what happened in that hammock in Mexico can never ever happen again wow she told me listen my dad died when i was 18 if i'd allowed myself to cry over that i would not be alive today you got to shut that shit down and we were never going to talk about that stuff again and i was like whoa yeah what's this right 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 because it felt so right for me to go there yeah so i i talked to my best friend and i said like hey what like what do i make of this and he was like no no she's absolutely right you don't want to go there shut it down like she's like you know um she's absolutely right like you just go with that so Mm. it was the woman i loved it was the it was my best friend it was completely in line with everything that i've been brought up to believe right right and so i was like okay they're right i'm wrong and so i shut down for another 10 years wow shut down for another 10 years I i don't blame any of these people right no. I I made that decision, right? Um, right. But then finally, it, I just like I couldn't anymore, right? So it was like, you know, the event that I mentioned before happened with the advisory board meeting, right? And that led me to a journey of like, first like just very cautiously working with a coach and like taught sure. a little bit mindset, sure. and then that sure. led to, mm-hmm. you know, working with a therapist that led to me actually taking a coach education, eventually working with you know body therapy and a spiritual sure. teacher and all that stuff, and like. Right. And this, like, all that stuff just came flowing out of me. And, to, and like, at that point, my, my, at that point, we'd married. And, and she was like, 
I still can't handle this stuff. You got to take some, some pills or something to make that stuff go away. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. And no. so we ended up breaking, <laughs> breaking up. So, um, uh, I see. but yeah, that was a journey, man. Uh, yeah. and it was, yeah. I mean, scary as crap uh, to look in there, man. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, like now I know there's nothing to be scared of. Right. Right. It's just right. feelings like, but, but at that point it just felt so big and overwhelming. And it's like, you know, we, we, we have these like, yarn that's like bundled up and you pull like one string and like the whole thing comes like it's yeah, like really yeah. <laughs> hard to unpack that stuff when there's so yeah. much and it's yeah. all jumbled together in a mess right so yeah and it was hard, hard to untangle it's totally yeah, yeah really yeah. hard but oh, you keep at it and then it happens and, yeah you do you do and then what i learned about like you talked about intuition before right what i learned is that when you have all of this like t entanglement, entangled, you know, but button up feelings that you haven't processed, you can't really feel your intuition because your intuition speaks to you through your feelings, right? Uh, and okay, so if yes. all you're feeling is all the time is old stuff, <laughs> right, right, then you're not feeling your intuition. You're just feeling your childhood, right? So you right. gotta get rid of all that stuff. You gotta clear that out, and then you can you can live from a place where you're in touch with your intuition. Beautiful, beautiful. So during this entire journey that you just described, um, you were still building businesses, making deals, uh, just just building your estate or your empire. I guess is is that accurate or? So nah. Well, I was I was always self-employed. Let me put okay. it that way. But I was gotcha. really struggling as an entrepreneur. I, I mean, I, I always paid the bills. I always right, found right. a way to, 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 to model through. Um, but it wasn't really going anywhere. The first two years were great. And then it started kind of just petering out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why, why was, was I started with just consulting, essentially. Like, you know, we do pro right. programming work for hire. Sure, Even sure. though I hired a bunch of people, I never wanted to be in the services business. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the product business, which is mm -hmm. what I am now. Right. And um, but my problem was that products kind of hard product can be kind of hard to do software. Um, there's a lot to figure out. And what I found was that again, it, when you to do product, it really helps to be able to feel yourself. Right. Because right? like if you're because what I was doing was trying to create from my mind, but our minds are not very creative. And I see that, like as a tech entrepreneur, I see that all the time with, with tech people being like, yeah, it's kind of like the Facebook and the Uber for blah, blah, blah. And we put it, it's like, it's all this like cerebral cortex, like put together. And it's yeah. like, it's, I'm like, I can't feel you. Like, where is the right. nerve in this stuff? Right. Right. And I right. believe that that's where, that's where the stuff comes from. It comes from our creativity, which comes from a place much deeper down. I mean, I actually believe that that comes from our sort of our, our sexuality is our ultimate uh, creative energy right that's yeah the yeah. thing that creates life um, Absolutely. right and so you can't make that stuff up from your mind so it wasn't until five years later again where i had this moment where i finally was like oh i i kept trying to avoid answering that question of what i want right right because <laughs> it turned out i was kind of like i found out later i was, I was super scared of, of mm -hmm. finding i was scared that there wasn't an answer Right, mm, that there was okay. nothing. That's like, fair. 
That's sorry, yeah. God made a mistake. You didn't right. give you any like fashion, anything really. It just like Purpose. sorry, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, yeah. too yeah. bad. Or that it would take me forever to find it, and by that time, I it, it would be too late. I would have killed myself already, or something. Or oh, I'd man. find something and I wouldn't like it. Right. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Gotcha. So now you talk about things that you you have to feel right so i'd I'd love to hear about how you got started with simplero okay Mm -hmm. um i would imagine that had to be something that came from the heart uh it had to be a manifestation of uh, or inspired by earlier experiences is my guess uh, c- can you paint that picture for us on, on mm-hmm. how Simplero started and, and in what ways uh, it was inspired from your past experiences? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happened was I finally got to that point where I was like, okay, let me answer that question. Like everything I was falling down around me and I was like, okay, I can't, <laughs> I can't do these like right. distractions anymore. Okay. This yeah. is the universe trying to tell you now is the time. Right. So I was like, That's okay. Right fine. I give up. I surrender. <laughs> Let me sit down, figure yeah. it out. And it was like, you know, so I came up with this process for myself. Like, what did I dream of growing up to become? And, you know, what did I love during school or college years? And right. what kind of people do I love to be with? What kind of right. activities give me energy? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then as I was doing that, what, what left out of whatever left at me out of the paper to my, to me or from somewhere was I have, I'm here to integrate spirituality and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right. Spirituality was something that had really been awakened in me over the sort of the year leading up to this moment. Right, right. And by that, I just mean that we're focused in the present moment, that we believe that there is something like that. There is intuition right. that we're part of life in some way. Right. We're not this like separate thing in a bag of skin and like I'm me and that's all there is. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. And that that love is real is in, is a thing, and our ability to open our hearts and love more is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dealing with our questioning our beliefs and and having a healthy relationship to our thoughts, not believing that we are our thoughts or that they are necessarily true. And the same with feelings, right? Not identifying I am angry, but like noticing that feelings are things that arise inside of us. Right. And we can right. have sort of that space between us and them and, and, and mm-hmm. notice them and feel them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like all of that stuff, right? Put that together with entrepreneurship. Mm. So it's not you do one thing on Sundays and the other thing like Monday through Friday or like right, whatever, right. but like that the business I'm creating, I'm creating because it's a, an expression of my life purpose. Mm. And that the way I go about it is as a service, uh, as like an outpouring of love from my heart to help awaken and enlighten other people through the pro- this product or service I'm offering, right? Mm. Um, and I was like, this makes sense, right? So I was like, this is, this is what I'm here to do. Right. And so that was, that was what sparked Simplero because I was like, for me, Atlanta is a complete vision. Like, you know, again, I was a tech entrepreneur, right? I see all these tech companies, I'm like, hey, what if the founders of these companies were actually really conscious and working on their own stuff, right? Right, right. Right, so we're not projecting all of our insecurities and all of our bullshit out into the world and into the things we're doing. And we're gonna do that to some extent, but at least we're conscious of it and working through 
the things that are ours to work through. So we put things out in the world that are, that become vehicles for enlightenment. Right. Um, right. Right. Imagine like that was the case with Facebook and Zuckerberg, like all the amazing that that could do in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I need to teach this to other entrepreneurs. The other thing I realized was like, every entrepreneur I know have struggled with a lot of the same things that I struggled with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship, right? Right. Uh, right. Is a real thing. Like <laughs> learning to deal with it with feelings pretty important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just like what direction should I go in? Right. Again, if you're not if you're not in touch with your feelings, you can't tell. You can't you don't know what direction to go in, right? So right. Right. you can analyze and but your mind is a terrible tool for making decisions. It's great for analyzing and doing research, but it's not good for decision making. So I was like, other entrepreneurs need to know this. I need to teach this stuff. Mm. So that led me to online courses. I was like, gotcha. I'm, a, I'm a programmer, like, and a sort of mediocre entrepreneur. How do I do this? Right. So yeah, yeah. discovered online courses. I was like, I can do that. So I started mm-hmm. doing online courses. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't like the software. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> so let me build my own. And then that became Simplero. So it's like, came straight out of that. Hundred percent. I'm digging it, man. I'm really digging it. So, uh, one important component that I kind of got out of this, uh, as as to the message that you wanted to to convey to other entrepreneurs, is uh, like you said, it's a roller coaster, right? Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me to um, to achieve or attain any type of goal, task, or project, right? Uh, it's going to take a number of times of failing. Oh yeah. You know, for sure. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and that, and the key to that is people need to understand that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay. So my question to there's you no is, success without failure, right? No, not at all. And so can you expand on that a little bit for the listeners to understand where the growth comes from there? Yeah. Um, Well, like, I mean, let me give you a concrete example. It's some years ago, I, I was um, really struggling to find good developers. Okay. Um, and um, what I realized was um, that part of it was like, you know, I like to think of it, I, I talk about systems and spirituality. Right. So I like to think of like, the the what is what are the systems right what are the instead of like i need to find a developer i need to create a system that brings great you know developers to me right so that's how i like to think of it always so Mm -hmm. that piece was definitely missing but there was another component too which was the spirituality piece of it the inner piece which was how i got approval or recognition from my parents growing up was at by programming by writing software and then I'd show it to my parents and they'd be like, Oh, good boy. Like, look what you've done. Right. <laughs> right. And so there's a part of me that didn't want to find someone good because then my dad would love him or more. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. I follow. And so like clearing that up is kind of important, right? Because otherwise my unconscious mind is just going to sabotage every single effort I might put out there. Totally. totally. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. No, thank you. 
So, and later uh, on, similar similar thing. Like they, later on, I I. I I overcame that and then I had another struggle around the same theme. And on that one, um, what I ended up doing was uh, realizing that, like what makes a great programmer? They're generally emotionally broken people, mm. like I was. I right? see. I the see. reason I became a great programmer was because I was scared of people. And I was so emotionally broken, but computers were safe. I could control my environment. They wouldn't right. say mean things to me, right? Right, right. Um, and I think that's the, the best programmers are emotionally broken people. I see. Right? And so what I realized was that, and it wasn't just me, it was like my father as well, right? Emotionally broken. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the one of the things that i had to do was make peace with my dad gotcha right? and yeah. so we like for for most of my life i've had i've had like you know felt like he didn't love me the right way or see me and like all these different things and then yeah. finally i was like dude let me just let me just really like clear all of that and just let me be the bigger person and give him my love like un um unreservedly right, right. unconditionally right. yeah and that just completely transformed our relationship mm. um to where now it's like like it, i literally went from feeling like like he was a terrible dad and like i could list all the things that he did wrong yeah to now genuinely in my heart feeling like he was the best dad i could possibly have had that's beautiful. That's awesome. And, and just, just having that self-discovery of yourself to, to realize what you had to do to clear that out, right? Uh, I don't want to call it taking the high road, but it's being first, being first to yeah. express love, show mm -hmm. love, if mm -hmm. for anyone, for yourself, right? Yeah. And here's a magic, like a really weird thing about it, which was like, it was a, it was a conscious decision on my part. Mm -hmm. And when I first told him, mm -hmm. it didn't feel quite true. Mm. It felt a little bit like a lie. Mm. But the minute I'd said it, and he'd okay. taken it in, which took a, it took a, at first he was like, ah, that's sweet of you to say, but I don't believe it. And I was prepared yeah. for that. So I backed it up with, with arguments, right? To sure, convince sure. him. Yeah. And then he bought it and I could feel it. And that's when it shifted inside of me. That's when And that's it. the moment it actually became true for me. Beautiful. So it was saying it while it didn't quite feel true, mm -hmm. but I wanted it to be. And then it became true. And I, I mean, and again, that's like, you know, this is not left brain cerebral cortex kind of stuff, right? This no. is, this is it's heart all here. matter. It's all here, and it, right? it operates in a completely different way. Yeah, no, for sure. And I really, really appreciate you sharing that with us today, Calvin, because um, I personally have a vested interest in um, some peace that I had to make with my father. Um, he, he passed back in 06, but um you know, there were some things growing up, um, there were four of us, and I don't know, I just didn't feel uh, 
acknowledged, I'll put it that way. And so uh, I had to make some peace with him as he was on his deathbed uh, back in 06 before he passed. And, and so, you know, I mean, I wrestled with that for years, you know. It, uh, now, with that said, we were never estranged, you know. I mean, we still maintained a relationship, uh, you know, through my teenage years, young adult years, even, you know, when I got married and had a kid. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, we still maintained that relationship, but that part still ate at me inside. And I could see how I was uh, causing that to affect my, my ability as a father to my son, right? And I didn't want the type of relationship my dad and I had to go to my son and I, you know? Mm. I mean, you, you want it to go to the next level. You, I mean, each generation is supposed to progress. That is the purpose. That is the key. And so, you know, I, I, I had to I had to clear that stuff out, just like you mentioned. And, and, and so from a personal experience uh, standpoint, I, I just want to personally thank you for sharing that, uh, you know, with what you did with your father. Thank you, man. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. I can feel it. Very for sure. As you were talking, yeah. No, absolutely. Man. Yeah. So, so, so what's, it's so, what's it's, next? it's so important for us to, to mm -hmm. take, um, to, to heal our relationship with our parents. Right. It is. And it's, it's, and to be like, yeah, we're adults, right? Yeah. Like at some point it, it, like the, the, the tables turn, right. right. It's like, it's your job. Right. They've done like you've, you're 18. Like yeah. the moment you're 18, their job is done. Right. Mm -hmm. You're on your own. Yep. And now it's like, it, it may, usually it have like in your twenties, you're, you know, experimenting and doing different things right but in yeah. your 30s that's when you need to take responsibility for that relationship oh, yeah. i didn't do it till i was in my early 40s but mm -hmm. but it really is in your 30s that that needs to happen oh and couldn't agree more yeah yeah couldn't agree more so what's next down the road for calvin corelli what's next is um i'm 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 uh, broadening out from Simplera a little bit, starting starting a couple of new things. They're not products that I came up with. Okay. They're uh, um, body meal as a meal replacement supplement. This, this is what it looks like. I, it's it's on the market in Denmark, and I've been like importing it myself for just for our own consumption. And so I'm sure. partnering with the with the creator of that to market that in the U.S. And he's also developed a, a workout, which is phenomenal. It's like something is called Pafi, P-A-F-E-I. It's like, mm. and it's, 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 the guy that created it has worked with the human. He was a body therapist. I discovered his work 13 years ago. It was life-changing wow. for me. Wow. And he's developed this workout that is like a, a body <coughs> therapy session, um, right. as well Excuse as building strength and flexibility. And it, it's kind of yeah. like, it kind of makes you younger every day. It's pretty magnificent. Like, because it works all parts of your body. It's okay. really powerful. So those are a couple of things um, that, I'm, that I'm building up. I, I, I'm good at starting things. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also very focused on Simplero and, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Health and relationship. So we have a lot of listeners out there who are always looking for ways to uh, level up in their lives. 
um, ways for self-improvement. I don't know if you want to call them hacks. I'm not a big fan of the word hack, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, some people use it as, you know, just quick solutions to things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or that silver bullet, I don't know. But, um, but my listeners, uh, they're always looking for ways to kind of, you know, discover who they are within themselves, right? And, and, and to set that foundation to transform themselves to become a better person, a better version of who they are, right? So uh, the information that you have to provide in your products and your services, how can our listeners learn more about you and, and what, you, what you can offer? Uh, yeah, go to, go to my personal website is calvincorelli.com. Uh, okay. That's where you can find me and sign up for, for emails and just mm -hmm. see all of the work uh, and all of the things I do. And um, Simplero is um, simplero.com right. is the software company. Okay. Um, and then I'm on most of the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I forget most of the platforms out there. YouTube. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. We'll make sure to podcast. include. Oh, sorry. And a podcast. And a podcast. Okay. Yes. And what's the name of your podcast? The Calvin Corelli Audio Experience. Calvin Corelli Audio Experience. I love that. I love that name, man. <laughs> it just rolls. I love that name. Uh, so, so what we'll do is we'll make sure and link to your podcast, uh, to your personal website. Uh, and we'll also link to Simplero, um, any social mediums, uh, your Facebook page. We'll make sure and include all those links, direct links in our episode show notes. All right. So uh, I want to make sure that we have uh, availability and visibility for our listeners to directly uh, see, see what you're all about, man. So Calvin, this has been a great conversation, man. I've, I've been feeling what you've been sharing with me. I really, really appreciate it. I know there are some discoveries that you've shared of yourself that will help and resonate with our listeners. So thank you so much, man. We're about to jump into a segment I like to call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, uh, that's when I challenge my, uh, my guests to answer three random yet thought-provoking questions uh, in five words or less. So what do you say? You think you might be up for it? Let's do it. I'm game. All right, let's go. So three for the road. Question number one, Calvin. You enter a magical room that takes you to your past. Sort of. In the room, there's nothing but a chest, you know, a footlocker, a trunk. Okay, that's all that's mm -hmm. in there. Um, you open it and you see items from your past, items that represent parts of your past. And you pull out three items. What are those items? I think there's a Commodore 64 in there. Okay. Um, and then there's some, um, some, some wine glasses filled with water that were playing on the rim, making sounds on the rim. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm digging that. Um, what else might I be pulling up? I, I, I like a a foot bath, that like an nice. electrical foot bath that I got as a birthday yeah. present when I was like ten, and it was like the most disappointing present <laughs> I've ever gotten at that age, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my dad, my dad thought it would be like super fun. I was like, I could totally see that today, right? Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. then, I was like, me. <laughs> Nice, but now as an adult, you definitely pull it out, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm digging it. That's... I have we have one now, and I love it. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife has one, and uh, yeah, she swears by it. Totally yeah. awesome. No, those are great items. Question number two: Is persistence led with the heart or the mind? Both. Both. Okay. It's uh, the position the that, that you, well, the heart, you find in your heart where you believe in yourself and where you're drawn to it, but your mind needs to be in, like, in terms of just shutting down the voice, like, you know, keep going, keep going. I don't know if you know this, but like, the reason I picked the name Calvin, did I ever tell you that? No, I never do. So I changed my name, right, from Lars to mm -hmm. Calvin. I changed my entire thing. And the reason I picked Calvin was, I know this is way more than five words, I'm sorry. But no, that's okay. But, but was uh, when, like, so I, I picked it using numerology. And so it was like, this is the numbers that the name has, has to hit. And then I made okay. a list of all the names that match that number. Yeah. And the minute I saw Calvin on that list, I was like, this is it. Because all of the years when I was struggling, there was one quote that really kept me going by one of your guys's former presidents, the 30th president of the United States. Calvin Coolidge. Exactly. Ah, okay. And the quote is, I have it right here in front of me. Cause mm -hmm. it, and it goes like this, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Mm. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Mm. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Mm. I would read that quote at least every week just to be like, really? it sucks right now. I don't know if I have what it takes, right, right. but I'm going to keep going. Mm. I'm going to keep going. Tenacity. And, and, yeah. and, and that, that reinforced it for you to totally. stay the course. I mean, if, if the president of the United States, yeah, if that was his, if that were his words, I'm like, okay, if it worked for him, yeah. I'm sure it'll work for me. Right. Oh, totally. Right. And right. so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wise words. Wise words. Wise words. Yes. Man. Awesome. All right. Question number three, Calvin. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much, it's, it's easy. It's a fill in the blank. <laughs> All right. If you were at home and your dog saw you in your lowest of times, he or she would say. She would grab this a glove and come over and like slap it in front of me. So we have these, I have these like ski, like massive black ski gloves that I yeah. bought. 
and yeah. they're her play toys. So like whenever I put them on, we're playing and like we're playing hard. Yeah. Um, fighting, right? Yeah. And um and she loves finding those and just like <laughs> dropping in front of me. And if I don't respond like she's like, uh, uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right. I think that's what she'd do, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Just nice. Keep insisting until I play with her and get over myself. Oh yeah. Well, we love our pups and uh <laughs> they have very creative ways of cheering us up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. What's there to be sad about, Daddy? Like, right. Here's a here's a glove. What what more do you need? <laughs> right, here's a glove. Life is good. It's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> Perspective is everything. If I look at it in the simplest of terms. Maybe there isn't anything to be bad about, you know. But. Yeah, there isn't. Right? Like when I, after my divorce, I, I, I uh, went, we were back in Copenhagen at the time, and I went back to the U.S. because that was always my dream, and 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 our plan was to move back to the states. Right. right. So now right. I was back, and I was in San Francisco. My ex, uh, or we're still married at the time, and and my kids were back in Denmark. Yeah. And it was, it was, but we were breaking up and right. I would walk down the street and just have these like spontaneously like burst into tears and like crumbled, fall crumbling yeah. down and just like sitting on the, on the sidewalk, like crying deep. Oh, wow. It was like really? Very emotionally painful time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, but it was also this like raw and beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. And like it lasted for about three months and then it was kind of gone and then the world was normal again. Right, and, right. I, and after I was like, I should have savored that more, right? Because yep. that like being in that pain and sadness, there was all this loss, right? It was like mm -hmm. loss of the nuclear family that I built, loss right. of my children's childhood. There were three and six. I, mm. They're 12 and 14 now. I missed all of those years. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. seen them every so often, but I right. wasn't there, right? Right, that right. gone, that dream of living together in the U.S. with this family, like gone. Right, so there's so many things that was like lost forever in that moment. Mm. But life felt raw and real in a yeah. way that it hadn't in years. Right, and wow. so I think it's important. Like even in, in our lowest points, there is tremendous beauty in that. Right, oh, tremendous sure. beauty. Yeah. So like, you like, have to find it. Exactly right. So yeah. yeah enjoy the sadness just yeah. enjoy the hell out of that sadness and then go play with your dog with it with a glove there you go that's right <laughs> you know it reminds me of uh of uh an episode i did about maybe seven eight months ago uh it was a solo episode and it was just talking about what it truly means to uh when you have a difficult time or you're going through some dark days some struggles some challenges you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, well, do this to take your mind off of it. And I I'm thinking, no, you don't want to take your mind off of it or mm -hmm. escape. You want to lean. You want to lean into it. When you lean into it, at least for me, it really, really opens my eyes in considering that, wow, things could be a hell of a lot worse, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and if I, and if I, come with that perspective which is a result of leaning into the struggle it helps me to be able to better manage it you know yeah uh so so I, what you were saying just kind of caused me to reflect back to that solo yeah. episode but uh totally. but yeah I'm, I'm i'm totally on board with that calvin yeah 
Totally. Not like not self pity and victim no, and all that no, stuff, right? But like no. really go into the, like feel all of it and just yeah. be be present with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, enjoy be present with it, and also understand that it's okay. Yeah, to feel this way, and it's okay totally. to be going through this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Calvin, man, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your insights, your experiences, and your discoveries. Uh, It takes a lot of vulnerability for that. And I don't take that lightly. The listeners don't take that lightly. Um, We're truly grateful for you coming on this show and uh, chatting with us, man. Thank you, Aubrey. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this for for everybody out there. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely, sir. And like I said, we will have direct links to uh, your websites, um, how to order your books, um, and Simplero, and social mediums, all on the episode show notes. And a big thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast, leave feedback, and share with all your family and friends. The Road to Rediscovery, it's part of a movement, part of a revolution. And guess what? You're now a part of it. Together, we're roadies. And it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.